Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally, and today our steroid profile of the week is Anivar. After that, we've got a bunch of listener questions. We'll discuss what actually causes kidney damage in bodybuilding, dosing orals all at once, or spreading them out throughout the day. PGF2A in a cream for topical fat loss. Can tryptorellin bring back natural test production in just one shot? Is it a good idea to use grapefruit juice to raise blood levels of orals like D-Ball? When to add caper with DECA? Injectable O-carnitine? Plus, does Proviron have a place in your PCT? We're going to discuss all of that and a bunch more. There's timestamps if you want to skip around. We're going to do it all right here on Drugs and Stuff. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You could use our code ADVICES for some additional savings and to help support the show. Check out their highly branched cyclic dextrin, their EAAs. Uh, you can put together your own intra workout. Uh, also, check out our Patreon. We have a new Patreon up, and right now we've got 10 people who have joined, and I added it up, Dave. That is enough money to pay for the streaming software we use and to help pay for uh, Adobe Illustrator, So, uh, which is what I use to make our thumbnails. So the show is almost being supported now in part by, well, it is being supported in part by our Patreon. So thank you guys for that. David Stanley, how are you? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm not bad. Uh, being trying to be a productive little bunny, um, but I, I'm good, mate. Yes, um, I'm teaching next week uh, down in Southend on Sea, which is an armpit of a place to get to. Oh, oh yes, um, I, I've uh, I've bought a vehicle. You bought a vehicle. What'd yeah, you I bought a vehicle. Oh, yes. what you you know what too? I forgot to mention. I wanted to let at least the the audience know we have steroids in the news today. We've got a steroid profile, and then we've got all your listener questions. Feel free to chime in with your listener questions. Before we got started, Dave and I pondered the question: If you're on the live feed right now, if you're watching this right now, what are you guys doing? Like, are you at work or what's going on currently? So chime in and, and we'll get to that stuff. Uh, okay, Dave, your vehicle, is it the vehicle you showed me last week? It's the vehicle. I've just sent you a picture of me riding. Let's see. Oh, you're kidding me. I got to bring this up on WhatsApp then so I can share it with the audience <laughs> because I really wanted to see this. It might take me a minute. This is, there it is. This is a picture of me riding my new vehicle. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to bring that up for the group here in just a minute. Here it is. Boom. Dave bought a scooter. And this is Dave <laughs> and Dave riding on the scooter. That's great, Dave. Yes. I bought it for my camper van so that when we go away, I can nip to the shops and stuff. Nice, man. Well, that's cool. Uh, I'm looking at the, uh, what? what's this? Teleworking. Okay, teleworking. Walter is uh, working on the telephone. Is that what that means? Teleworking? I don't think Walter works. I don't think so either. Uh, Andrew uh, is at work right now. Bars. Yes. And uh, let's see, what else do we have going on here? Uh, fellow Yorkshire man in the house, Dave. How about that? Another guy from Yorkshire. 
Good lad. Yorkshire, you illiterate <laughs> baboon. <laughs> you almost didn't catch that. So anyway, though. Oh, no, I did. I just. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm excited to be back. I have a little bit more energy today, which I'm, I'm grateful for. Uh, nonetheless, I'm not sure how long that will last. So uh, to get us started for today, we did have steroids in the news. Uh, this is one that, that David brought to us. So what was exactly uh, going on here? This happened in Wales, I believe, correct? Yeah, this is a little, this is a couple of weeks old, but um, I wanted to get the background first. So South Wales police put a, um, a notice out. Um, now the police will generally, they will put notices out if they have heard of a batch, bad, bad batch of drugs going around, uh, uh, particularly stuff like coke or heroin, stuff like that. Uh, but in this case, they've put a notice out about a bad batch of steroids. Um, and apparently, these steroids had hospitalized one person and killed another. Oh, jeez. Now, most people thought when this first story broke, oh, this, this, this could potentially just be someone has taken pills, being told they were steroids and they're not. They're somewhere completely different and they've had a bad reaction to them and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I did some digging. And it turns out that the guy that died was an amputee with a quite severe cocaine habit. But he had taken, for all intents and purposes at that point, one mil of test of iron and one mil, one and a half mils of Super Bowl 400, which I think is an SIS product. Super um, Bowl. Is that a test so, still or what? Yes. Uh, well, um, I believe so. Okay. I believe it's a blend. Okay. I think it's test and EQ. Okay. Um, now, at this point, as far as I'm aware, they're still looking at the steroids in some way contributing to the individual's death. Okay. So I don't know if these drugs have been, if they're severely contaminated, but what the the, the guy I spoke to uh, basically said that obviously the fact that he's a coke addict has played a massive role in his deceased um, demise. Um, but as yet, I haven't, I don't think the autopsy has been done. So I don't think we've got to a point of knowing exactly what the cause of death was at this point. Yeah. But it did look that actually these drugs were, in this case, quite rarely, but actually did have a role in, in the demise of these this individual and the hospitalization of this other one. Huh. I mean, it is good to know, but too. At this point, I don't know anymore. Yeah, it, it is. I think it, it sounds like he wasn't a healthy person to begin with. But but hey, I could oh, imagine, no, man, no. I've taken I think our, I think we have a leg, by the way, here. I think that your connection seems very poor just to give everybody a heads up as we talk over one another. Uh, I, I think that uh, there, you know, he wasn't a healthy person, but I've taken a bad shot, had gear that wasn't good and been healthy. And then it hasn't been much of a problem. I could imagine if you were already a sick person strung out on drugs, it may have a bigger impact, you know, especially if it was really contaminated. Mm. I, I'll, I'll keep pushing to see if I can find a bit more behind, you know, the, the, the truth of what's actually gone on. Yeah, yeah. But basically he took two injections um, and, and he died. Um, and as yet, I don't know any more on, on what's behind it. Okay. But I would just... From what I do know, it would look like he's 
his lifestyle and his recreational drug use is more of the problem than anything else. But I, I am I am keen to know what contributing factor the steroids played because obviously if you're even if you're a you know you're a proper full blown cokehead yeah. and then suddenly you take an injection of gear and you die subsequently after the gears had some role in that death even if it's just the fact that it's elevated the heart rate or something of that nature yeah yeah so i'm getting we're getting a bunch of feedback here it looks like there are a ton of people at work right now uh and lucas so, is on leave he's on his annual vacation it sounds like if you're all at work what the fuck are you doing listening to watching this <laughs> And yes, Walter. This chimed, isn't working. Walter chimed back in. Uh, remote working—that's what he meant by tele teleworking. So there is that. But uh, so what Walter means is Walter sat at home in his underpants. Yes. With a bowl of food and a coffee, pretending to work on the phone while watching us on his computer. Yes, I think that's what he is. That's what it translates to, pretty much. Um, Matt's on his second shift right now, huh? Nathan is. Taking a shift, oh a shit, right now. Oh, a that's shit. that's about that's that's about that sounds about right, you know. Uh, yeah, that's about right for our show, I think. Is that's about the standard of which we are, we we raise to. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So uh, yeah. Anyway, we do have uh, steroid profile of the week, um, and like I said too before, we have a bunch of uh, listener questions, and we have your feedback too from the previous episode. So we have some fun comments from last week. They're kind of all mixed in this week with our questions. So we're going to get to that stuff all at once. Uh, this week, we were going to discuss Anivar uh, as our steroid profile of the week. So we're going back to one of the basics. This is one that can be run both safely, fairly safely, by men and by, by women. Uh, so let's cover all the bases, Dave. Where, where do we want to start with Anivar? Well... It's primarily an oral. Sure. Usually commonly supplied as either 10 milligram or 50 milligram. Though you do get pharma dosing a different right down to one milligram with pharma. And obviously you, you do get labs that occasionally bring out something. Yeah. Stupid like 20 mega or whatever. Um, DHT drug, non-aromatizing. It's got the reputation of being the go-to drug for ladies, uh, particularly for the first cycle. Um, and yet, actually, quite a lot of women don't get on very well with it. Um, I mean, we were talking off air about seeing women that are on the second or third cycle of Anabar and all of a sudden developing severe water retention issues. Yeah, yeah. And I could, you know, if we had Victoria Felkar here... She has some good explanations on that. Um, my brain, still not completely settled yet. Uh, still got some fog going on here. I can tell you, though, uh, I've seen that happen, too. You know, I, I've seen it happen where a female takes Anivar that I am 100% confident was legit Anivar, yet they get some bloating. Same female might get bloating from Primo as well. Uh, and... Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's not necessarily what you would think because we think bloating, we think, oh, it's fake. It's got to be D-ball. It's converting to estrogen. And that's why it's bloating. And I've heard even very well-respected coaches say this. In fact, a very well-respected coach said that to my client who she is friends with. 
Uh, and uh, this coach said, uh, oh, it's got to be fake. That's why. But she, you know, she had the same issue over a number of brands. Um, but but it's not through estrogen. It's more so in uh, her ability to break it down, I believe. Like I said, I can't get to the bottom of that one today. Let's come back to that particular piece in the future when my brain's a little bit clearer post-COVID. Uh, well, why don't we actually tackle that for next week? We'll tackle water, what would appear to be water retention on Anavar for females. Okay. We don't do a great deal for the ladies, so we'll we'll do a little segment next week specifically on that. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if um, Martina Yabakova still you, listens to us. Remember, she used to really like the show. She's a top Olympian competitor, too. Martina, I mean, there's, there, women do a lot of tissue, do a lot of hormone conversion in tissue as well. So they do have some um, weird and wonderful ways of creating hormones that you wouldn't expect to see uh, based on baseline drugs because they can go backwards and forwards with, with the way they... So estrogen to test, test to estrogen and stuff like that. So uh, I'll, I'll talk to Victoria, though. Uh, obviously, I talk to mm-hmm. her daily now. So I'll I'll talk. I'll, I'll ask her about this again to refresh my memory and what's going on with that. Because, you know, this woman I worked with, like you, you know, you said she's not alone. Uh, not no. everybody has the standard response to every compound. And that's why we and, always say everybody's different. And I've seen women struggle to get on with it from a size point of view as in a general well-being as well. Really? Um, high acne problem. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a – I know a couple of female powerlifters I work with that, that, that were basically suicidal on Anavar. They really struggled with it emotionally. It really messed them up. Okay. From a from a male point of view, it's um, – I wouldn't say mild because I think that's unfair – but it, it's not going to have the sort of impact you'd get from, say, something like oxymethylone. Sorry, Nat 50s, um, A-bombs, Anadrol. Green Giants. Um, yeah, them, them, them things. Um, but it's still a solid compound. Hmm. Um, only thing you do have to be a little bit careful with is the amount of time. If you run Anavar, and Anavar is a perfectly viable compound on its own. Mm-hmm. But you do have to be wary that if you run it for an extended period of time, you're going to end up with estrogen issues because your estrogen is going to be incredibly low because it doesn't convert. But this okay. would be the same with Turabolin. This would even be the same with Oxys. Um, you know, that because they don't aromatize, you will end up with very low estrogen levels if you run them beyond sort of eight, ten weeks. Mm, okay. Um, but up to that point, most people will tolerate them quite well. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. I have some uh, some notes here, Dave, that uh, it was first created in 1962. It was introduced into medical use in 1964. It is mostly used in the United States, and we should note that this is one of the steroids that still is legal prescribed in the U.S. That you can, mm. it's not common, but I've I've known people to get a prescription for Anavar. Now, dosing 
where would be a starting dose, let's say, for a female, and where would be a starting dose for a male? Female can be as low as 10. I'd say as low as five, honestly. Yeah, 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 possibly. I've seen women do uh, really I mean, you, well you, at five. You're in that region, you know, sub 10 is yeah. quite easy. I mean, going up to 20 and 30 milligram for a female is a pretty whacking dose, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, males, I would say, start at 30. Okay, and I'd say, I'd say even, it's funny, because I'd go lower with the females, I'd go higher with the males. If you had really good Anivar, maybe 30, I'd... And I've heard old school guys be like, you can do great on pharmacy grade Anavar at 25, but I say 50. Mm. I'll go, I'm going to go with 50 just to be different. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. That's quite a high start, young man. And where would you take it to? What would be a high dose for a male? For a female, I'd say I, 20. Go on. Yeah, just for a female. I would say, say for a female, 30, 20, 30. 30? Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, the thing is with dosing as well that, that some of the dosing that we get people using is not particularly because they need that dose for that drug. It's because they need that dose because of the quality of that drug. Mm, okay. Okay. Which makes things a little bit awkward. Um, as an oral for a male, I don't see much point in going above 100. Yeah, I'd say 100 is a good top end dose, and it's going to be quite expensive too, you know, at that dose. Mm. I don't see much point in going beyond that. Um, I've never gone above 100 with Anavar, but I have run 100 Anavar and 100 Oxy at the same time. Okay. That's and I lot, had man. to stop. Yeah, I had to stop because of the, the pumps. The okay. pumps were insane. And they were at the point where it was actually limiting my workout. Oh, okay. My, my range of motion got so, particularly on arms, but my range of motion got so restricted so quickly because the pumps were so ridiculously big. I could imagine. Um, but yeah, I, I played, I tried 100 Oxy and 100 Anavar for a, a while. Uh, and I mean, otherwise, tolerated it really well, to be fair. But it was just, it was it was just like three sets and it was like, fuck, I can't move my arms anymore. It was just like, what's the point? You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm physically not able to train for a full range. So what would uh, be, so I ended up dropping it out. What would be some of the, like the positive, uh, unique benefits that you would get specifically from Anavar? Well, I think one of, one of the, the, the nice thing, I mean, from a, apart from obvious liver first pass issues, which you're going to get with all orals. Yeah. From a, from a, a, a stress factor point of view, uh, um, they're quite, it's quite a low impact in drug. Okay. Obviously it's, it's dry because it's a DHT. Yeah. Um, it, it it's um, it, how do you, I, I can't get the words of how I want to say what I want to say. It's a very clean clinical compound in the sense of its effect on the body. Yeah, if yeah. you know what I mean, it's almost got it's almost got a tidying up effect. I would say. Does that does that make sense to you? It does. Now I've heard Anavar is one of the few compounds that has direct fat loss benefits to it. It does, yeah. I was, I was, And I think that's where you get that. It's not a strong fat burner, but it yeah. definitely is a complementary drug in that sense. So obviously very, very popular in cuts because of that. Now, I've uh, never, I've never used it in a, a cut. I mean, Sorry. 
Sorry, I think we do have some sort of lag here, but we're we have a good. We've got eighteen people watching live right now, Dave. So we can't disconnect and reconnect. That's three more than good. It's good. We normally only have me and you, and maybe my mom. So we got to press on. I still, I still want to get Scott's mom on the show, but he won't do it. Uh, Yeah, that would be a trip. She's been on one of the other programs. Um, Yeah, you can get my mom on the show, but you need a seance. Yeah. Oh, that was poor taste, Dave. Poor taste. <laughs> but uh, oh, it's the truth. I forgot what I was saying. Now I was I, I interrupted you, not meaning Anavar. to. Yeah, it's something to do with Anavar fat loss. I was going to say loss. this. We I've never used it in a cup personally because I've always opted for something that would have more of a dramatic effect for my oral. Mm. Every time I've done a contest cut. I've used the traditional test trend master on. And then uh, when I go to add an oral in, I know that Winstrel is going to have like a really intense drying, hardening effect. And I've wanted a cosmetical look, the look that that gives me. So I feel like for me, what I've seen is a really strong effect from that. Would you say that uh, Anivar has is on par in your experience or less than of a drying, hardening cosmetic effect than Winstrel? I would say that Anavar has a greater impact on body Winstrel, but doesn't have the same drying effect of Winstrel. Okay. Yeah. And in part, I mean, obviously, Winstrel, the two main compounds we're worried about when it comes to water retention is estrogen and progesterone. Yeah. Obviously, Winstrel, like Anavar, doesn't convert. So there's no estrogen there. Yeah. But it's also anti progesterone. So it lowers progesterone, which is why it's so impacting in a sense of water retention and giving you that dry. Yeah. Anavar isn't going to create a look quite as hard and quite as dry, but, but at the same time, it does have that secondary fat burning action, which Winstrel doesn't have, not, not directly. Yeah. So um, you'll you'll you saw you do get different results, but Anavar will. I suppose, really, if you were going to look at orals in a diet, you'd bring Anavar in a bit earlier on to help with the fat loss, and then you'd obviously use your winstrel at the end just to harden and tighten everything up and drop the last bits of water. And here's the thing for me, because uh, I think kind of big picture, I would I, I prefer to only put an oral in toward the end. So I would want to mm-hmm. avoid having, you know, run an oral for eight weeks or whatever and then run another oral. I try to just keep it for the last four to six weeks in a prep. Uh, just for health purposes, really, you know? No, I mean, orals get a really bad rap. Uh, they do. Uh, and I think to a degree, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, this, because because orals have got such a bad rap from a health point of view, we are very health-conscious when it comes to orals. Yeah. So the vast majority of users are very respectful of orals and generally run orals for short blast periods of six weeks. You'll get a few that will push it a bit longer. But you don't tend to see people running orals for extended periods of time because of this almost folklore about how toxic they are and how stressful they are. And the reality of that is actually they're not that impacting. I would argue that. I would argue that. I mean, look at at the medical dosing then. Yeah, but yes, look at but your look at the medical dosing. But look at your labs, and we want to keep somebody in optimal health. If your liver, 
So you, you yeah, your liver may start elevating, okay? Uh, well, it will start elevating. There's no way it's not going to do. Right. And when that happens, then your body is not going to be as effective at breaking down estrogen. Oh, your picture got really clear now, Dave. Wait. Hey! It's kind of it, right no, after I, I said I, that, I'm... it started going away. But you, once your, your liver becomes impacted, you're not going to be able to be quite as sharp. Uh, you're not going to look quite as good if you aren't able to clear the estrogen out of your body. And then you start ramping up the AI and then you start getting joint issues and, you know, you run into all sorts of other problems. So for me, I would rather lean into the, you know, the, the actual, uh, you know, methods of fat loss being the diet, the cardio, and then, and then, you know, from an anabolic point of view, use injectables uh, and then go to the orals, which injectables can be effective on the liver too. And they can have an impact. Uh, and then from there, oh, yeah. you know, an oral at the end. No, was- and I'm not disagreeing with that. I, 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 and you know, I agree with you when it comes to, um, um, you know, less is more and the rest of it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that the reputation orals have been given of being liver killers isn't really founded. You've got to proper take the piss to do severe liver damage through orals. But I'm not even talking about uh, severe. I'm talking about impairment that could affect your performance uh, in the next 10 to 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. I know you're I, looking I at, you're your trying point. to look up numbers. So we're just going to stop no, the I'm, show. I, Dave looks I'm, up numbers now, I guess. I'm not looking up numbers i was looking for the medical dosing on a couple of the compounds which would be so i didn't say numbers so i believe that anadrol is one milligram per kilo for children and women okay and that's every day every week all year i hear you i are they run how long are they running i i have heard longer periods of time very long term very long term because obviously it's used as a treatment for anemia and it's still used over here for a treatment of anemia. Is it really? Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I know I've got a friend who's been on a hundred mega day for a couple of years now. Wow. I mean, um, can you get so, away with it? Maybe. Yeah. But I would prefer to not have liver enzymes raised uh, if possible. I, I get I get your point on that. I do. Um, I suppose, really, we're just coming from it from slightly different angles in the sense as you're talking about liver stress and how it's going to affect the physique with water retention, Yeah. where I'm actually talking about the, the, the medical impacts of the drug. Yeah, like long-term. Yeah. Could you recover yeah. from it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah, too. Yeah, of course, Scott. You know, it's most people, well. as long as you didn't already have fatty liver issues that you're compounding things on now or whatever, right? Uh, I mean, I, I have, and I do know of people that have been diagnosed with liver cancer for excessive oral use. Yeah. But these are people that were using orals daily, day in, day out, for literally years. Yeah. You know, and not for six weeks or eight weeks and that sort of thing. But, I mean, there's there's no denying that the, the oral stress the liver, all oral stress the liver to a lot. I mean, you want to see liver values on fucking antibiotics. Yeah. You'll see, you'll see your ALT 200, 300 quite easily. Yeah. Even fast acting steroids, you know, will have an impact on your injectables. That is, you know, they'll have an impact on your liver too. 
Uh, I just think that people get a little bit over the top with the scaremongering about all. Uh, but at the same time, I do I do understand where you're coming from in the fact that any liver stress coming close to a show is going to have an impact on how well the physique looks because of how that affects different aspects of the body's processing of hormones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we you know we didn't talk about uh, the aspects of strength. I feel like, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. But I feel like Anavar is uh, for how mild it is, for how few side effects people get from it. Man, it is ridiculous for strength. Well, it's, it's got a very good anabolic rating in comparison to its androgenic. I mean, when you look at the number side of things, it, it, it's favorable. Yeah. There's there's no I don't I don't think it's quite on an oxy par for strength. Yeah. It, it's no A bomb, but it, it's still um, yeah. It, it can. I personally never got much off it from a strength point of view. Okay. Um. Um. But I know lots of people that have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I know lots of people that have. have, have progress very well with it from a strength point of view um it was always oxys for me they blew my strength up lovely whereas uh other orals didn't seem to do much at all on that front no kidding i guess one of the benefits too is that i feel like as in many orals it'll it'll work quickly you know if you if you want something to get in there and be working within a couple of weeks you've got that benefit versus whatever equipoise where five weeks down the road you're like yeah hey, i think i feel a little different you know well i mean yeah the you know it, it's i always i think it's nine hours half-life is on good point yeah we didn't say that seven seven or nine hours as opposed to like d ball and t ball which is about four yeah um i can't remember exactly so but yeah i mean you're you know you're you're going to have a chemical effect in your body within an hour of taking it. Yeah. So it's going to be an impact within an hour of taking it. Whether that relates to you actually physically feeling difference or finding difference is a different matter, and that's more down to the individual. But, I mean, one of the reasons why orals are popular as pre, pre-workouts is because you can get an impact off them within an hour, and you can see improvements in the gym in the way of both performance and, and in the way of pumps. Okay. All right, guys. Well, we'll move on from here because we have a bunch of listener questions. We'll try to bang through these. Um, And this is one, uh, Dave, you'll probably have some good insight here. He wanted to talk about kidney health. Um, He said that uh, he got some bad news today. He has a lot of protein in his urine. And so I asked him what the numbers were. And he says uh, uh, 1,100 milligrams a day. Where does he stand there with that number? Not good. Um, that would be classed as plus two. What does that mean? So uh, so you have nothing, trace, plus one, plus two, plus three, plus four. Yeah. Uh, and the, they, they all are based on, on where you sit and the amount of protein that you're leaking in your urine. So healthy kidneys, are this varies somewhat between 100 and 150 milligrams. Yeah. Um. Anything under sort of 300 would be classed as some normal variances. Uh, particularly if you're eating an elevated protein diet, you're going to see a little bit more protein in your urine. It's just how it's going to be. Um, a thousand, and it varies depending on who you're looking at. So some will say anything from 500 to 
1500 some say anything from 500 to 2000 would be up to plus two and plus three and then anything over mm. 2000 would be plus four okay uh, to give an example when my egfr was at 20 my um urine protein was over four grams oh wow okay so he's not good yeah but he doesn't need to start panicking and thinking that he's in the worst position in the world because there's quite a way to go from there. It can get a lot worse. Um, he needs to look at his protein intake in general. Uh, mine's improved massively over the years. Um, bringing information down with glutathione is going to help with that as, as well. Hmm. But a lot of it is to start to really be very conscious. Of, we, we do tend to overeat protein. And sure. for a healthy for a healthy individual, it's not a problem. Hmm. You know, there's been there's been numerous protein overfeeding studies that have shown no actual health impacts from doing so. But when you've got damaged kidneys, you're pushing those. those the, the thing is, what happens, and it's it, it's classed as nephrotic syndrome. And what happens is, you get minute tears in the filters in the kidneys, okay. the glomeri, and they start to leak the larger protein molecules few and because they leak through they enter your urine and you piss them out and that's one of the ways of showing that your kidneys aren't functioning properly because you're passing too much protein because the filters aren't keeping the protein in the bloodstream mm. okay now the offset of this is to an extent water retention so because the albumin in your bloodstream is not holding the water there it will leak through under the skin and you'll start to get water retention so that's one of the signs that you've probably got proteinuria is when you start seeing water retention. Mm. Um, but you can actually reduce your protein intake quite substantially and still maintain a decent level of muscle mass. Yeah. Um, what you may find is you've just got to be ultra, ultra careful with your protein intake um, and you're going to rely much more heavily on carbs in your diet. Uh, and you could probably get away with a gram per kilo and still maintain what you've got. Uh, and maybe even, you know, 1.2 gram per kilo is going to see some growth. Um, you don't need to run what a lot of us do, which is two, three grams per kilo. We don't need anywhere near as much as we generally consume. Yeah. But we'd rather have plenty there. Right. So we're not got a shortfall. I mean, that's the general approach to protein intake is make sure you've got loads and then you're not going to run out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Keep his hydration high. Watch his blood pressure. Uh, blood pressure is particularly uh, a bit of a killer on kidneys. And depending on his other numbers, like where his creatinine is, where his urea is, where his EGFR is, would depend on whether it's a case of, look, you're going to have to knock the gear on the head now, or whether there can be some potential management moving forward. But one drug that will be off the cards is Trent. Oh, Yeah. No way can he run Trent. Okay. Um, Trent will cause AKI, which is acute kidney injury. Um, it's it, it can lead to kidney damage, but it's not kidney damage in its first instance. But it will reduce the function of the kidneys. If he's already got compromised kidneys, that could push him down to a point where he won't recover from it. Okay. So for most everybody else listening, it sounds like you're saying high protein isn't going to cause the problems that this guy has. But for him... You're suggesting he makes these changes. Uh, I'm sure he's probably following up with his doctor, but 
in your opinion, uh, after employing these changes, adding supplements, reducing the protein, everything else you said, how long should he wait before rechecking? I would say at this point, he's probably looking at every two months or every three months, he wants to run a full kidney profile and see where he is. Okay. Um, Protein won't cause kidney damage, but if you have damaged kidneys, protein will put extra stress on those kidneys because basically you've got, you've got a tear and now a large molecule that shouldn't pass through it is passing through it. And that's just going to worsen the tear. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah, you know, so if you've got a tear in a piece of fabric, if you're using that fabric, that tear is going to enlarge. It's only going to get worse. If you, yeah. If you're careful with it and protect it, then the tear may not get any worse. And it's a similar sort of situation. All right. So um, when you've got poor functioning kidneys, you need to be hypervigilant with your protein intake. And I, I, if I push my protein high, I will start to get water retention very, very quickly. Um, and my kidney function numbers will drop like a stone. Hmm. All right, we'll move on here. Fast. Uh, let's see. Oh, so like I said, we had some of our off-topic stuff mixed in today with our questions. What does this mean? Scott, call Dave or Ravi Shankar. Does that mean something? I mean, I know who Ra- – do you know who Ravi Shankar is? No. He was uh, a musician, Indian. He played the sitar. He actually taught George Harrison. How do you know? How do you know this shit? Uh, I actually went to go see Ravi Shankar play at the Fisher Theater in Detroit when I was like nineteen. He played with his son and two other people. Uh, they they played and they, it was a traditional Indian uh, arrangement. In fact, everybody there were like Indian people in suits. And then there was me and my girlfriend at like 19, 20 years old. But is that some sort of slang? Not that I'm aware of, but then you've got to remember, Scott, I'm old. Okay. I'm not down. I'm not down with the kids at all. So I really don't know anymore. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to look this up. Ravi Shankar slang meaning urban dictionary. Uh, Let's see. Uh, oh, I guess it's a uh, slang for being a wanker. You Ravi Shankar. That makes I, sense. Look at that. We we taught Dave some English today. How about that? Well, can, can we can we ban Neil Q from the show then for calling me a wanker? <laughs> Done. Neil, you are banned for life, buddy. What do we got here? All right. Okay, this is from, uh, he was watching one of the older episodes. He said, I was watching an older episode uh, of Drugs and Stuff. Uh, Discussion was of timing of orals, etc. And something Dave touched upon, I've also been thinking about. He talked about peak levels should be when recovering, growing. I remember when we talked about this. Um, I don't. I'm definitely going to try this out for a few cycles uh, and do my orals post-workout. You had said, I think you were just kind of, um, you were kind of just like like riffing a little bit. We were talking about- I the- think it was, what I would say, wasn't I talking more about the, the higher the peak from the oral is much better than spacing the orals out and having a low plateau level of compound? I think you actually said that the time you could use the orals the most 
would be post-workout to recover. We were, we were just, and I think you were just riffing and you said, maybe that would be a good time, that, that type of thing. Uh, but I don't okay. think, I mean, that's not really something you, you, that's not like a written in stone thought that you have everybody take their orals after they train, right? No, I would generally use orals as a pre-workout. Um, but again, because of their half-life, as we were discussing with Annabelle, it's nine hours, seven hours, nine hours, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to extend for quite a long period post-cycle anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't see the point in taking an oral sort of seven o'clock in the morning if you're training at five o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, I just don't, they are, they are that fast acting that you can really utilize them around your workout window. Yeah. We, you take it before workout. It's still working after, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, but it's a lot of people started microdosing orals. Yeah. Uh, taking them every three, four hours because they were looking at half life and thinking, well, D D balls got half life for four hours. So I need to take it every four hours. Yeah. But what they didn't didn't consider is that it's a little bit different in the mix with an injectable. But if you imagine a, an oral only um, cycle of D ball, yeah. And so you're going to take 60 milligrams a day, but you decide to take 20 milligrams or 10 milligrams every four hours. Yeah. Yeah. What happens is your actual peak levels are never going to be particularly high. They're never going to get up there. Like if you took it, like if you took it all at once, you're saying. That peak is going to be all at once. You have a huge peak, which in all that time you're in that high super pharmacological state. Yeah, you're accelerating all the metabolic processes in your body. Whereas all you're doing before is just giving them a gentle nudge throughout the day, which is not really going to yield. There's been a few studies. Yeah, there has actually been a few studies on this that have reported <coughs> for an oral only medication of anabolics, single dose will create much better gains than um, microdosing throughout the day. I'll say this just because I know everybody's getting in their head. Like then I got to take my D ball all at once. The other side of the coin is side effects. So Mm -hmm. I would, I would venture to guess that if you were somebody who were to say, get gyno, get acne. I think I I had gotten acne when dosing D ball all at once at one time, one time I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I spread it out, I'm probably going to get much better benefit from it than not taking it at all. You know, if so, if you do get side spread it out, uh, you know, if you if you guys are listening and then you try this, Ravi Shankar, I guess, is is, also on the Rolling Stones. I didn't know that. It's it's a little bit different if you combine an oral with an injectable because you're already going to be peak anyway. So you're just adding to that. So in that sort of scenario, spacing out is fine. And yeah, very, very true in that the bigger the impact you get off the drug the bigger the side effects are going to be. Yeah, yeah. So without doubt, if you focus your oral as a single dose, you'll get much better anabolic action, but you will get more side effects without doubt. It's just the nature of how it all works. The more powerful the drug, the bigger the problems that come with it. Yeah. Um, all right. Bigger the engine, bigger the fuel bill. What's this one here? What's PGF to a uh, cream Dave mentioned in regards to fat loss? PGF-2A is a growth factor. Um, So very, very loosely, and this isn't quite technically correct, but I'll just keep it quite simple. You train, you release lactic acid. Lactic acid triggers an inflammation process. That releases acridonic acid. That, in turn, triggers the release of MGF, PGF, and PGF-2A. Okay. Uh, PGF-2A is used in veterinary medicine to bring on labor. 
So it's a compound you have to be particularly careful with around females. Mm, okay. Now, you can cite PGF2A in an attempt to increase some localized site growth. I'm not sure how beneficial that is. Hmm. Um, the problem with PGF2A is you take it as an injectable, it will give you this sudden urge to shit yourself. Oh, and yeah, yeah. We talked about that a long time ago. Yeah, it creates it creates a smooth muscle contraction, which is why it's used in aborting fetuses in cattle because it causes all the uterus to contract and they push the unborn child. Dave, can I ask you a question? Yeah. When you took it, did you poop your pants? No, but the very first time I took it, I sat on the bog just to make sure. <laughs> like you were, you were ready, huh? Oh, I sat on the pot with my pants around my ankles and I injected that shit like that. <laughs> this is going to fucking happen. I'm in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it does aspirate through the lungs as an injectable. So you, you literally, the first time you take it, you do think you're about to die. Okay. It really does steal your air. Yeah, yeah. But mix it with an aqueous cream, put it on the skin, particularly if you then cling film wrap over the top, and this stuff does actually destroy fat cells. Holy shit. So it does kill fat cells. So subdermal cream is very effective. Huh. But you're still going to get the potential smooth muscle movement, and you cannot, under any circumstances, let that come into contact with a female. Okay. So no... Uh... Because they're going to go into labor, whether they have a child or not. Ooh, good Lord. Uh it will trigger a labor risk. It will trigger a smooth muscle contraction, effectively labor. Wow. So it's it's something you've got to be careful from skin-to-skin contact if you, you're with a, a partner. Yeah. Uh, but I know a few people that have used it in diets and, and have said it's been particularly effective for getting rid of fat in those stubborn areas. Huh. Okay. Not the easiest compound to get hold of. Oh. And long-term use will create well, technically, it creates an inflammation of the brain, but what it actually is is no more inflamed than what you... Scott, that's so unprofessional. I know. It was that, a scan call, too. <laughs> it was a telemarketer or something. That information, that information is... That cranial information is no worse than what you'd get off flu. And mm-hmm. that's very similar to how it feels. When you've been on for about a week, 10 days of injects, and, and injectables, are you're talking several times a day, Um. It, you do start to feel a little bit shitty, but the pumps off the shit when you sight it are incredible. Hmm. Uh, Jonathan asks, uh, where would one find this cream? But it sounds like you can't really go into that on the show. You wouldn't get the cream. You would get the compound from veterinary supplies oh. and it's freely available from veterinary supplies. Okay. Um, UK wise, you do need a prescription. Mm hmm but you can buy from overseas veterinary supplies that won't ask for a prescription because it's leaving the country. They don't give a shit. Okay. Then you have to buy the aqueous cream and then you have to make the cream up yourself. Okay. Fair enough. In that case, let's, uh, let's move on. Cause we did have some more stuff and I think we have a couple that popped up in the live feed too. Um, what do we got here? Oh, we got another one for you, Dave. Um, so he says, honestly, I, this is regarding the last episode. We had the guy 
who had asked, which would you prefer, Novadex or Clomid? And Peter chimed in and said, honestly, I don't know why people uh, bother with Novadex or Clomid for PCT. All you need is triptorelin once, and it resets your body within 24 hours. Dave, I wanted to ask you about triptorelin because we have talked about it briefly in the past. Triptorelin is actually used to chemically castrate. Um, at high doses, dosed, right? Yeah, it's dosed at about five milligrams for that. Okay. Um, there is one study of an Italian steroid user who used it at 200 micrograms, single dose. Uh, the the background, I believe, is he had been an anabolic user for about 10 years, so he'd been shut down for around 10 years. Yeah. And the trip recovered him. Mm-hmm. I have used it with people, and the vast majority have been successful, but I have also known disasters with people using it. Okay. And I know one young man who was 23, 24, uh, decided to use trip did 200 micrograms, didn't feel it had worked, so decided to whack the rest of the bottle in and chemically castrated itself. I remember you telling us about this one time before, man. What a nightmare, yeah. huh? Yeah. So it's to say just use that instead of Novel Clomid, I don't think it's a particularly good idea. Yeah. Uh, because you are also limited. You use that, even at 200 micrograms, you use that three, four, four times a year. Yeah. And you could be starting to create damage. The, okay. the, the medical guidance around it is no more than 200 micrograms once every six to eight months. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it is definitely, if all else has failed, it is definitely a go-to try. The other problem with it is, is actually getting the genuine article, getting it at all. Oh. It's not a common compound. It's not the easiest to find. And I know a lot of people who have struggled to actually source it. Um, but it, it can be, and I've seen it be quite impressive. All right. Oh, we have a comment from Chris it, here. Oh, go ahead. I thought you were finished. I'm just going to say it isn't 24 hours. They generally say three to four weeks before you'll know if it's worked properly or not. Okay. So you take it and then wait. And wait. You just don't wait. Yeah. Don't put in five milligrams while you wait, right? <laughs> Yeah, don't don't be tempted. Oh, I don't feel any better in a week. I need to take some more because that's when you'll start to create problems. Okay. And unfortunately, that damage that it can do at high dose is permanent. You're not recovering from that. Uh, Chris here. Let me see. He says, um, let me blow this up a little bit. This is regarding the last episode. Americans speak English. We don't speak American. They also compliment us on the video quality. If he watches right now on this segment of the show, he's going to love it. Because right now, Dave, your picture is so clean. Earlier, I think you had like four pixels. There was like four (laughs) pixels for your whole screen. He also says, uh, missed you, Scott. Dave, not so much. You can piss off, Chris. Chris actually did a podcast with Victor Black, I think, this week. I think it was his first one. Did Uh, he really? So. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that went well. I haven't watched it, but I did see an ad pop up for it the other day. Okay, so I thought I'd make this. So I'm kind of taking a couple comments and turning them into topics slash questions. Uh, cool dude had said, grapefruit juice in theory 
could help with the bioavailability of an oral or sublingual? Because we were talking about winstrel injections versus oral versus sublingual in the last episode. Um, Mm -hmm. I've got an argument against that, though. Uh, And this is so first of all, uh, yes, grapefruit juice can affect medications, making your blood levels higher. But I don't feel like that is consistent. Uh, I, I, I would think, be more to look at fats with oral steroids rather than grapefruit. What do you mean? Because oral steroids are fat soluble. Okay. So I would take them on an empty stomach with a healthy fat, so fish oil or something of that nature. Mm. Um, that way they'll bind with the fats and the fats will help absorption because the fat's going to be absorbed. If you eat too close to, uh, if you take orals too close to a meal, they can bind with non-dietary fats and you can basically pass it through. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I never thought about that, but it makes sense, I suppose. I can tell you, so I actually took a note here because I wasn't sure the name of the enzyme, but it's CYP3A9. And that's the enzyme that keeps some medications from breaking down. I feel like if you interfere with that enzyme, you may have an inconsistent level of medication in your system where, you know, one day you end up with more, one day you end up with less. I feel like to me, it's something I tried it once. The first time I ran D-ball, I, I, I took it with grapefruit juice because I wanted to like get everything I could out of it. And I was only taking 15 milligrams, but uh, nonetheless, yeah, I just wanted to throw that one out there. Um, other medications are affected too. Like there's blood pressure medications that would, you know, you could have some potentially real lethal combinations with grapefruit juice. I'm not allowed to drink grapefruit juice. For that very reason, I assume, huh? Yes, because I'm on warfarin. And eat. there's certain foods I have to be very careful with okay, because they affect how the drug works. And obviously, they need to keep my blood clotting at a stable level. Yeah. They don't want it to, because they were going to, they, they've messed around in my dose several times because my blood's got too thin. Yeah. Huh. Um, so, yeah, I have to, because one thing they said is we don't mind you eating the foods that you're not supposed to eat as long as you're consistent with them. Yeah, okay. So we can alter the dosing to match what's going on. But if you go from those types of foods to different types of foods, yeah, yeah, we're going to constantly have to be readjusting the dosing, which means we're going to constantly have to test you, which can be up to twice a week. So mm-hmm. at the moment, I'm on once every three weeks, which is quite good because it's an hour's drive every fucking time I have to go get tested. Ugh, all right. It's a pain in the ass. All right, here's the next question. Uh, I am planning to run... DECA, 400 milligrams a week uh, for the first time, along with 500 milligrams a test for 12 to 16 weeks. Uh, is it better to start taking CABR at uh, 0.25 milligrams twice a week from the beginning of the cycle to avoid prolactin sides or, uh, and adjust the dosage uh, after four weeks according to the prolactin levels in blood work or take the risk without CABR and see if I get side effects uh, thank you. Uh, I also, I talked to him a little bit further. He had, I got some more insight. So he's about 31 years old. This will technically kind of be his first cycle. Uh, he started running his first cycle at the beginning of the quarantine and everything got shut down. So 
that ended that. That was going to be a test only cycle. So now he's planning to ramp this up with 500 tests, 400 DECA. Uh, and this will be, like I said, his second cycle at about 30 years old. I'm not sure why he doesn't just run a test only cycle again if, if he got his first one interrupted because it would still be particularly productive. It'd be a very good cycle. Uh, uh, with regards to this, I'd be more tempted to start on about 300 milligram of vitamin B6. Yeah. At the beginning and run that through and then test it four to six weeks and see where his prolactin's sitting and if he needs extra support, add it at that point. Okay. Caber's not the best of drugs. I mean, at the end of the day, you're fucking about with dopamine. Yeah. Um, which, which is, I know we're very quick to go to Caber for prolactin issues because it is so effective. But it, you really don't want to be fucking about with dopamine antagonistic drugs. Um, and you'd be much better managing it. Now, what I found with vitamin B6 is, though it can help if prolactin is already elevated, mm-hmm. it's much more effective if you start it before. And and it seems to, to resist prolactin elevating in the first place very, very well. Okay. Um, so I would look at B6, week five to six, I would then test prolactin, see where it is. Yeah. And if you need then to add caber in, add caber in from that point. Um, I'm still waiting for someone to allow me to, to experiment on them with progesterone and prolactin and, and see what happens if you inject progesterone instead. But, Oof. Yeah. Hey, listen, Come I'll tell you what, man. Um, real world experience. I At this point, I've been coaching people for a decade. Uh, I, I can say, and I've beyond that, I before I coached people, I had helped people build their cycles and watch them carry them out. I can say I've seen literally thousands of cycles unfold and it's only been a handful of times that I found people that really had an issue with uh, prolactin. Most people tolerate it reasonably well if you keep it sort of sub 400. Okay. When it starts getting into the fives plus, that's when I start to see people having defined problems with it. Okay. Uh, but... I mean, I, I, the other problem with prolactin is, on a little bit of a side note, really, this, that prolactin can trigger uh, for several reasons. And we've discussed in the past about the mechanisms behind prolactin raising off NOR19s and how they affect progesterone and everything else. Um, but the other thing is, I mean, even tests can raise prolactin into the 400s quite comfortably at times. Um I forgot where I fucking going with this. Oh shit! Brain's just gone blank. It, it must be contagious. You'll remember in a I, minute. I, honestly, my brain's just gone completely blank. It's contagious, Dave. You got the post-COVID fog that I have. Oh, what's going on there? That fucking worrying me a little bit. Is that one? <laughs> uh, I, but you know, like I had said, though, real-world experience. I I haven't seen it be a really major issue. Uh, and I think a, a factor in that is how you control estrogen. You got it? Yes. I, I thought if it. I started right. like so, rehashing my thoughts that you would get it. Yeah. All right. So where, where I was going with this, what you do find occasionally is that post-cycle prolactin levels can jump or huh. even stay elevated. Okay. Uh, and I see a lot of bloods coming through now where people have not recovered post-cycle. So the test is quite low. Yep. Yep. Um, 
but the prolactin is still very, very elevated, and it will not. It, it has a nasty habit of not coming down on its own. Yeah. So you, you'd expect that once you finish your cycle, test levels return to normal, prolactin is going to drop. But that quite often isn't the case. Uh, and I see a lot of bloods where people's, because people's test levels hasn't come right back up properly. Prolactin will say elevated for an extended period of times, then starting to cause problems ongoing, uh, which at a level would not really cause a problem if test was elevated. And listen, so, that's kind of what I was saying is you, it's it's about the balance. You get the est- mm, you know, so. your, your estrogen control, your test level. I think that all of that stuff plays a critical role in how big of an issue these other compounds are or these other hormones are. So it's it's really a matter of being able to balance your cycle to begin with, you know. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'll move on here, Dave. We've got a couple more here and then we have the ones in the live feed. Um Oh wait, here we go. This is this is something that was off of the group page. He advises Think Big Group. Injectable L carnitine. I'm seeing companies come out with an injectable L carnitine uh, of four hundred milligrams per milliliter and even six hundred milligrams per milliliter as opposed to their traditional two hundred milligrams per milliliter. Does anyone know how it holds up at such a high concentration? I'd assume that the uh, PIP would be uh, much worse if, uh, or there'd be another good reason it had always been 200 milligrams. What are your thoughts there, Dave? Not something I'm particularly familiar with. I know it can be pippy. But beyond that, I couldn't really comment much more. Okay. Um, I Unfortunately, UGLs uh, and supplement companies that produce these type of products are always going to try and bring something out that's bigger and stronger because people associate with more is better. Yeah. Uh, and chances are it's probably not dosed at what they say it's dosed at anyway. It might be more than 200, but it's, it's not going to be 600. Yeah. Um, so I've always been more of the attitude of I'll take a drug that's probably lower dose, but I know it's genuine. And then if I need more of it, I'll take more of it. Mm, okay. But I don't have a lot of experience with it. So I know you've probably had much more experience with it than me. Not personally. I've had clients run it. The, uh, only dosage we've ever used is the 200 milligrams per milliliter, I've known some people that run it just fine, no issues, and other people that have had pain. Uh, this was, like I said, this was in the, a thread over at the Think Big and Advices group. Uh, there were people who said they had used the higher dose stuff with no issues at all. So I'd be interested in that. And honestly, Dave, as I get back into training, which I did three sets of pull downs yesterday, by the way, with 55 pounds, and I took about a 10 minute break between each set. Uh, I had to. That's man. my normal training. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't breathe. You know, I, I I had to you know make sure you evaluate, make sure I was okay. Uh, I don't think I'll be able to run any gear for a while uh, as I recover. I could see looking into something like carnitine. So I might experiment with this. We'll see as I'm feeling better and I can do stuff again. It might be an option to kind of recomp a little bit. Uh, so, but that's all I have to say. Just go on trend. Straight away, huh? Yeah, just trend. You'll be fine, mate. No problem. Um, I'm looking through our live feed here to see what questions we have. 
and the his his Instagram is the Buff Chef, right? That's that's it. Yeah, yeah. Joe he says yeah. we asked what people are doing, and he said it's curfew time in Kuwait right now, so he's locked down. He has nothing else to do but but listening and watching drugs and stuff. And, he doesn't uh, do it. I swear he doesn't work. He claims he does, but I swear he doesn't go to work that yeah. way. Oh, here's one. Um, can you guys give your opinion on Trestalone meant as an anabolic and its use as a standalone compound? It was developed as a TRT alternative. We have talked about this one lately, Ron. Uh, we've talked about it a few times. I used it recently. Um, but Dave, you want to throw some stuff in? Very strong. Yeah. Very powerful, highly aromatizing, got to watch BP, but if you can get along with it, very good strength drug as well. Very good strength drug. Um, I've recently had a client run it at um, 100 milligrams three times a week, and the results have been phenomenal. Uh, but it's not easy. Like with all drugs that are powerful, it comes with a whole host of side effects that you need to be very careful with. Mm, yeah. Um, but... Uh, Yes, it was originally developed as a. I mean, I think the numbers stack. It's it's something like twenty five milligrams of men was in clinical studies shown to be as effective as three hundred milligrams of test. Yeah, it was something like it's about ten times more powerful than than test is is what they they basically came to a, a, a conclusion of. I know a um, power and, lifter that was using it for his TRT alone, standalone. And yeah. he had it, had, it works as a standalone compound. Yeah, he had had a lot of emotional issues in general. Uh, and I don't know if that fixed those problems or made them worse. I can tell you this. I ran it for th- four weeks, maybe three weeks, maybe. And I got really strong. This is before the COVID. This is as I was going on cycle. I added that in. And man, let me tell you, Dave, I got really strong. But I also started to get a lot of estrogen issues i was taking, is that when you did the 200 pound squat yeah yeah 210 pounds dave and it Sorry. was my yeah. pr one rep best squat i ever did in my life uh yeah i i couldn't control the estrogen for the life of me and then one of our listeners told me that it's a specifically nasty form of estrogen mm. that it converts to mm. So, it, it, yeah, I was taking a milligram of Arimidex every day, and I was only using 100 milligrams of mint per week, and it was a long-acting mint. So three weeks that's, in, it really built up. That's a high dose of Adex as Oh, well. yeah, yeah. Normally, like on 500 tests, 600 tests, I might take a half a milligram twice a week. So mm, just to give yeah, you an no, idea. If you're doing one milligram of Adex a day, you are definitely hammering it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a lot of Adex. How about uh, Proviron? What's your opinion uh, on Proviron in PCT? Does it have a place there? I, I'm in two minds with this. Um, I think it can potentially be counterproductive. I'm not convinced, is, is my understanding. I know it has a anti-estrogenic effect. Um, obviously it lowers SHBG, which is going to increase free test. And to me, that in itself could potentially signal a, the body to think that levels are higher than they actually are. Hmm. Okay. 
we know free test is more impacting on our hormone production than than um, total test. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got incredibly low SHBG, which Provirin is going to create, you're already going to have low SHBG post-cycle anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I get a gut feeling that it could potentially be counterproductive. I do too. Uh, but I've never dug into it enough to, to really look at it. It's funny. My, I feel the exact same way as you. Like, I'm a, also mm. of the two minds. I could see it. I could see its potential, you know? All right. What there is some argument that lowering estrogen in a PCT is going to help with, with everything kicking off. But at the end of the day, Novadex and, and Clomid are on there to block the, the receptors that would respond to that elevated estrogen anyway. So I know Scally talked about potentially adding aromacin in as part of the PCT protocol at a low dose, but I, I, I sort of think it's just not necessary. I think you're, you're, you're almost locking the door and then nailing it shut afterwards as well. When it's already locked, you don't need to do it, if you know what I mean. Hmm. Yeah. All right. We got another one here. Uh, hello, guys. Is it possible to cock? Primo? I have no idea. <laughs> to Primo, 250 milligrams uh, per milliliter. Uh, Cook. That's what I bet he was going for. Cook. Right. Uh, I've read somewhere that the max amount is 100 milligrams. Um, I'm asking because I'm wondering uh, that Primo 250 can be a fake. I guess what's the highest you can dose Primo? With the right carrier oils, you can dose it quite high. But as we said earlier on today, I would always move towards the lower dose versions of compounds. Yeah. And then if I wanted a higher dose, just take more. I've always suspicious of high dosing compounds because when you start trying to cram high levels of hormones, it gets complex. Your carrier oils get very limited and it gets painful. Yeah. Um, so I would stick with the dosing that is commonplace and I would avoid these compounds that claim to be super high dose, this super high dose, that. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with you because it really too, if you get up to, I, I, we were talking about this on another show, but like, say like you take a test 400, uh, and we've talked before about how those things can easily be underdosed. Are you really going to notice the difference if that test was 327 versus 400? No. You know? No. Plus, Primo most can people be can't tell the difference between Most people can't tell the difference between test and fucking Decker when they take it, yeah. unless they get side effects. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from the actual physical impacts of what those drugs do in the way of your performance in the gym, most people won't know the difference. Yeah, yeah. We know, I know... There's thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people that have taken Primo that was test and not known. I bet. I bet. Because, you know, and so, or it was EQ or it was something completely fucking different to what they thought they were taking. EQ would be a good um, one. It, you've got to be very tuned in to your body and how it operates to be able to just tell physically in the absence of side effects, obviously side effects can be very telling, but in the absence of side effects, you've got to be very physically tuned into your body to be able to tell the difference between the certain compounds. You know what, too? And it helps to have run them a number of times so that you know what to expect. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. We 
which is why we always say start with one compound, learn how your body reacts to that, and then add a second rather than going to more compound cycles early on in your, your usage career because you just don't know what's doing what. Yeah. All right. Cody asks, uh, it says lower abdomen water retention out of nowhere. Uh, what possibly could cause this? I have, uh, I have had two to three bad test injections recently within the last couple of weeks and also have been training hard like always. Is this inflammation possibly or uh, what is causing this? First obvious one would be estrogen. Second obvious one would be a histamine response or a immune response of some sort. Body will hold water when stressed. Uh, part of our natural anti-stress mechanisms is to hold water. Um, yeah. The body uses it as a protective, a, a, a protectant. Yeah. So it could be any of those factors, really. Unfortunately, it's just a case of starting with one and ruling it out, moving to the next one and ruling it out. Yeah. If it's a histamine response, antihistamines will deal with that. So take some antihistamines, see if your water drops. Estrogen, the easiest way would be test. Test it, see where it is. Um, and though you may have been on a dose for a certain period of time and it not caused the problem, levels can increase, levels can build, um, circumstances and things can change that can cause estrogen to go up or down. So it's still worthwhile testing. Um, if you've had a couple of bad shots, it may be a stress response, <clears throat> which if it is, it will sort itself out in a, a little bit of time. I wonder too, just to throw out another idea, um, has he changed anything in his diet? You know, did you, yeah. it, you, I mean, even cheat meals, that would be an obvious one, but did you start using something different, something that could be caused, could it have nothing to do with the test at all? You know what I mean? Could it be yeah, something sure. related to your nutrition? Uh, Cause yeah, you know what, if you do eat something that causes an issue, like for instance, I think dairy, even if you're not lactose mm -hmm. intolerance, uh, tolerant dairy has a tendency of causing more inflammation and that's going to show up as like more fluid over your body. Are you eating something that has wheat in it? You know, maybe there's like a slightly celiac response. If you've been eating clean for a long time, there's a chance that you could be more sensitive to foods than you normally would be. So making a change could do that. Are you using a new condiment, something that has a lot of sodium in it? You know, something that, that could be changing your water retention there. The water is going to go to where the fat is. So yeah. usually, you know, if you have that lower abdomen area, that's going to be one of the last areas to lose the fat. So even if you're getting leaner, uh, even if you're shredded to the bone, it's going to go to that lower ab area and your lower back, stuff like that, before it goes to your face. You know what I mean? If you're lean, uh, it's going to go to where the fat likes to store. It could be that he has a problem area too. We all have our own problem areas where fat likes to store, you know, and uh, it could be that he, that's, that's the go-to for him. Your face? Is that what you're saying? face, yeah. Yeah? That's my face. That story is my face. Um, going, going on the, the away from drug changes, yeah. it, it could be environmental. It could be a change in washing powder, for God's sake. Hmm. Uh, but if it is a reaction to environmental, the histamine should show a response. Yeah, yeah. Because so if it, if it's a, a food intolerance or a, a, a an allergy response, then the histamine is going to show that. What about THG? What about it? Do you know anything about it? 
Not particularly. I think it's is that <laughs> I think that, that was the is... shortest question ever. <laughs> Whoops. It corrected me to THC. Yeah, um, that was the when I first saw the comment, that was the first thing I thought. And I thought, no, that's THC. Gee, he's asking about that. Is THC. that the is that the clear? I don't know. It's not my strong point, isn't weed? Uh, maybe it's not. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 it is. THG, known as the clear, is a synthetic and oral active anabolic androgenic steroid, which was never marketed for medical use. It was developed by Patrick Arnold, and it was used by a number of high-profile athletes, such as Marion Jones. So this was um, this was a way to get around drug tests is what it was. It was I've, something I've never actually even heard of this stuff. It, it, there was a lot of talk about it in the U.S. Uh, because there was a big a big scandal around it. And uh, basically uh, he was this was being used um, with a lot of high profile athletes. And they had it in a they had the cream and I can't remember what that was. And they had the clear and it was a clear liquid that was being applied to them topically. Uh, and they were able for a time to be able to pass drug tests because this was not being tested for. Uh, so that was really it. At the end of the day, it was popular with those athletes because it wasn't being tested for. If you're in a non, it, it, from what I understand, it's not a very strong compound. If you're not mm-hmm. being tested, then really, I would say there's no reason to investigate it. I've never heard of it, so I will I will look that up because I don't uh, have a Scooby Doo about that one. Yeah. Okay. I like that a Scooby Doo. I'm gonna uh, start saying yeah. that. I've uh, I've learned today. I have learned it. You learned it today. I you, learned it today. Yes. You learned a bunch of stuff, you Ravi Shankar. Uh, yeah, Scott, that. Oh, we have one more. No need to get no need to get personal, is there? <laughs> I'm taking uh, NAC and Tutka for my liver support. Would you guys recommend taking anything else? Not particularly if you're not having any issues. Okay. If what you're taking is doing the job, then I don't see the point in throwing more shit at it for the sake of it. Yeah. I think that that's, would be my answer to that one. Yeah, look at your values, right? If your liver's doing good. Yeah. We 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 do have a, a habit within this of taking everything in the kitchen sink because we, we sort of feel we need to when quite often you don't is the, 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 the straight answer. Yeah. Um I see some supplement lists from people and it reads like an fucking encyclopedia and it's like, what the, in the same way as we look at very complex multi-compound cycles and go, well, how the fuck do you know what's doing what? There's a very similar thing with supplementation as well. Um, Yeah. It's very easy to get very carried away. It's very easy to spend a lot of money that might not necessarily be needed. Yeah. Um, By all means, yes, take support products that are going to help keep you safe and healthy. Of course, we're, you know, we preach that constantly, but there's, there is a point when it's like, you know what? You don't need every fucking thing on the planet that's ever been shown to have an impact on your liver or your kidneys or whatever. Yeah. Pick a couple, run them, see what your values are like. And if they're doing the job, stick with them. 
Fair enough. Fair enough, Dave. That's all the time we've got for the show here. I think we put out a bunch of stuff and drugs stuff. It 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 was a bit all over the place today, but it actually sort of worked, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. We had our we had our segments, we had our listener questions. Uh, we covered quite a lot here. And in case nobody noticed, I drank out of the Easter mug earlier in the show. So happy well, I Easter. Will I get my new Scutex a week on Thursday? So yeah. When I do, I'll take some pictures. I'll take some pictures so you can have a laugh. Can you bring uh, bring it in the studio, Dave? Can you wheel it in there and? Uh... No. No, won't fit. No. All right. No. No. Do you have the cabbage today? I don't think we talked about the cabbage yeah, at all. Yeah, we, cabbage is cabbage is here. Okay. Okay. I didn't do a cabbage check. I tell you what we. I tell you what we haven't come to the conclusion of. What's that? Is oh. that cabbage naked? We didn't ask for questions have... in the YouTube comments either, Dave. If I forget to do that, remind me. Like at the beginning of the show, and be like, hey, guys. You know, you got to be like real YouTube about it and be like, hey, guys, comment with your questions for the next episode. Yeah. I can't do that shit. <laughs> All right. Let's get I, out of here. I just I, I can't be like that. But we still have to answer this question. All right. Is cabbage naked? Comment below, guys. I feel like my answer would be that if you removed the leaves. I don't know. Yeah, but is 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 this literally cabbage dropping his pants? <laughs> you guys would say like trousers over there. Do you guys use that word? So a lot? is that is that cabbage mooning? Do you is guys that use the word asses on display there? Do you guys use the word trousers over there? We use the word pants, trousers. So your trousers is in your regular vernacular. Like that's that's a normal uh, word. I would to me, pants and trousers would be interchangeable words and it would just be down to personal preference. I don't think I would use one. I think pants is much the casual form of trousers. Okay. For us, if I were to say trousers, I would have to be ninety. Like Well, you're not far off, are you? Got a couple of years left before I hit 90, Dave. You, you sure? I mean, the, the the graying, you know, I mean, I think we need to be looking at Grecian 2000 here. It's the, just for men is definitely your calling, mate, at the moment. You know, I shaved when I was sick. I shaved my face completely, and then it all grew back. Uh, that's another story. But You'll probably look about 12 if you shave that off. Yeah, maybe I should do that then. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you'd look very young. You do look young for your age, to be honest. Until I grow out a white beard, and then people are like, fuck, that guy looks old. Yeah, you, yeah, dirty old man look now. But, yeah. I mean... Uh... <laughs> All right, let's get out of here, guys. Uh, thank you for watching. Thanks for everybody who hung with us through the live feed. Of course, uh, check out Dave. Go to crosslands.org.uk and uh, check out eval. If you're in the United States, you can get a cheap ticket from Detroit for over a thousand dollars so you can fly out and then rent a car from London and drive four hours to Dave. Uh, but if you're in the area, definitely. You can't. you can't. We're banned from traveling at the moment. We're not allowed to leave the country. It's a five thousand pound fine if we do. Am I allowed to come there, though? That's the question. No, definitely not. But that's just because it's you. That's got nothing to do with COVID. Oh. Well, there, there's that. So if you're in the country... We, we check out eval and of course go to our great sponsor truenutrition.com 
You can get all sorts of stuff, your intra workouts, your pre-workouts, your proteins and everything else. Uh, and of course, guys, we'd love to have uh, your support with the Patreon. So I'll put a link in the show notes. Thank you guys for watching. And David, thank you as always. I need to pee. <laughs>